The Mariners got into their first brawl in 15 years and then made a trade a day later. So, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Let's get into it here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. It is Monday, June 27, 2022, and thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com for Fan Nation over on the Sports Illustrated Network. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E, G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at C-Pat11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. We post two additional podcasts on there every single week. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell, and give this video a thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it. This has probably been the most eventful 24 hours of the Mariners season this year. It has popped off in a major way. The Mariners had their first brawl in 15 years since Richie Sexton decided to throw a helmet at a uh, poor Texas Rangers pitcher all the way back in 2007. We're also going to be talking about a trade that the Mariners made today. They acquired veteran first baseman slash designated hitter Carlos Santana and Cash from the Kansas City Royals in return for right-handed pitchers Wyatt Mills and William Fleming. But let's get into this brawl, Colby. Uh, before you know, we we before I ask you just kind of what your overall thoughts are here with the brawl just now that we're uh, pretty much 24 hours removed from it. Um, let's just kind of recap what happened Saturday night. Eric Swanson came into the game. It was a two run game. The Mariners were up five to three and, uh, he threw a fastball that was up and in, uh, round, uh, Mike Trout's head. And so that kind of set everything off because the Mariners and the angels started jawing at each other, uh, during the night as well, uh, before the game ended and he knew something was probably going to happen. So the, uh, cut to Sunday. And the Angels had Suarez initially slotted in to pitch, but then they replaced him kind of last minute with Andrew Wants uh, to be an opener. And Phil Nevin basically used Wants as a hired gun. He had Wants throw at Julio Rodriguez's head on this on the first pitch of the second at-bat in this game. Missed, thankfully, but decided to take another shot the very next inning against Jesse Winker, throwing a fastball right off of his butt cheek, basically. And that set everything in motion. And everything popped off from there, as it should have, quite frankly, because that is ridiculous. You 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 get one shot. You get one shot. I think that it's generally known by anyone in baseball that if you are going to respond in some sort of way, you get one shot to do it. And they got their one shot at Julio. And that should have been the end of it. But they just did not let it go. And then Anthony Rendon, who is out for the year with a wrist injury, was the one to kind of egg Winker on. And it was on from, from that point forward. Fists started flying. Suspensions are going to be handed out. We don't know what that's actually going to look like yet. We're going to be talking about that a little later on in the show. But 
finally, I'll, I'll, I'll cut to you here, Colby. What are your just now that we're uh, a little more removed from the whole incident? What are your overall thoughts on, on how everything played out? Uh, I guess we'll start at the top. Uh, Phil Nevin is a disgrace to Major League Baseball. Um, what he did was not only dangerous, it was cowardly. Um, it was a desperate attempt to jumpstart his team, which is one of the highest payrolls in baseball and has two generational talents, uh, literally two once-in-a-lifetime type of talents on the roster, uh, hitting back-to-back in their lineup. And yet still they find themselves in a dogfight with the Seattle Mariners and their $80 million payroll for third place in the division currently. Um, so we'll start with that. Phil Nevin's a disgrace to baseball. Um, he shouldn't be in the game. He went out there and with malice ordered his pitcher to throw at the head of one of the youngest stars in baseball. Thankfully he missed. Right. And there wasn't really any kind of a brush up about that. Like they missed, there was a little bit of John, uh, between the dugouts, but that was it. You know, the Mariners were prepared to move on, uh, Nevin go, sends the same guy back out there. This time they hit Winker. Um, and if you think it's an accident or it was just coincidence that Anthony Rendon is the one who's inciting a brawl, it's not. It's because he's out for the year. So what is the suspension going to do for him? It's a desperate attempt by a small, small man to try and energize the troops because he's incapable of doing it himself. Uh, he used an injured player as a buffer, uh, and he lost control of his team, quite frankly. Uh, Rizal Iglesias comes back on the field after everybody had left to throw sunflower seeds in the general direction of the Mariners. Tough guy. Ooh, look at me. Rizal Iglesias is a chump. Uh, he's a coward, just like his manager. So, you know, uh, attitude reflects leadership. And that's the kind of leadership that you're going to get from uh, Phil Nevin. The Angels are going to remain what they always have been, an absolute dumpster fire. So, you know, uh, character gets revealed. In times of adversity, there you go. Mike Trout is a whiny baby. Phil Nevin is a joke to the game who deserves to be banned for life. Rizal Iglesias is a fake tough guy. Anthony Rendon is a goon who just likes to stir stuff up uh, from the safety of, well, you can't suspend me, I'm hurt. So nobody acted bravely. Nobody acted like, oh, I'm stuck. No, everybody, this is a very calculated way to safely incite a brawl. Um and unfortunately, it's probably going to work for them because the Mariners lost their three best players. Uh, two of them, you know, obviously, <laughs> were going to get tossed. Uh, d- still haven't heard an explanation for why Julio was tossed. Um, mm-hmm. He was in the middle, but that a lot of guys were in the middle who didn't get tossed. So I don't know. Yeah. Like, including Marco Gonzalez. So I don't yeah, know. Like exactly. Julio was incensed. Manny Manny Acta was holding him back for a while there, but the, right. I, I don't I didn't see anything that like if any other if a third Mariner was going to get in trouble, I feel like it should have been Justin Upton because he yeah. was getting in the middle of things quite a bit there and, and drawing back and forth. And obviously, there's an even you know bigger meaning to to that for Upton who right. was of course cut by the angels this year basically paid you know 20 plus million dollars to go go away you know earlier right. this year so you know you, you got to understand that he probably feels slighted in uh, some sort of way on that front as well but you know now you know i i put my thoughts on record already about this i, I recorded a locked on now video it's on our youtube channel if you want to go uh, watch it it's also on our on our twitter page um so i'm going to use the rest of the time that we have here to kind of talk about the bigger picture and why this matters and why 
Major League Baseball has a very important decision to make and why I feel like they're going to end up, end up getting it wrong. But I'm going to take off my Mariners hat here because let's just be objective about it, right? I'm not talking about this from a Mariners fan's perspective. This is not a biased take whatsoever. The Major League Baseball has to come down on the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim harshly. And the reason why for that is, again, Phil Nevin, at the last moment, replaced his scheduled starter with a hitman in Andrew Wants. And I don't blame Wants specifically, right? He's just doing what his manager was told, or what his manager told him. But this now sets a precedent from Major League Baseball, because all these teams are watching, including the Mariners, that if Phil Nevin and the Angels organization do not receive significant punishment, that you can just do this. You can just get away with this. And now more guys are going to be thrown at because now teams are going to be like, well, I don't have to waste my starter. I can just use an opener and just start throwing at guys if I feel the need to. Great. Cool. I'll do that. Sign me up. I only have to suffer a two-game suspension. Cool. Like Phil Nevin has to be suspended for a significant amount of time. He's not going to get banned for life. That's not a that's not in the realm of possibility here. You know, he's no one is going to suffer any sort of significant con- consequence to the to the point where they're out for the entire year. But something ha- has to happen beyond the typical four game, five game, seven game suspension that ultimately gets brought down to three or four games after an appeal. Something more has to be done here because you are setting a precedent to the rest of the league that you can just get away with this, that you can just do this. And that is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous game you're playing. You are putting people's livelihoods at risk here. Imagine if Andrew Watts, and I said this after the Hector Neris situation when he threw at Eugenio Suarez's head. Imagine if Andrew Watts connected with Julio Rodriguez's head. This is a 21-year-old kid who is just beginning his career and looks like an amazing, incredible baseball player for that is going to dominate this league for years to come. Had that ball connected with his head, we don't know what could have happened to him. Something incredibly serious could have been could have happened to Julio Rodriguez that could have derailed his career. Is it likely that would have happened? Who knows? But there is a risk involved, a very real risk involved there. That Andrew Watts, Phil Nevin, and the Angels organization have to be held accountable for. You have to. They have to be held accountable just for the incredible shadiness of the whole situation in general. And Major League Baseball isn't stupid. They know. Well, they they <laughs> their decisions might reflect that they're stupid, but they know what's going on here. Yeah. They understand. Painfully obvious. We all understand what, what happened here. The Angels I, premeditated this. Yep. They premeditated a situation here where they were going to be able to respond in a way that did not hurt them in the game. And it hurt the Mariners. It baited the Mariners into losing three of their best players, and they ended up losing the game 2-1 to one, and probably would have won that game had they had Julio Rodriguez, J.P. Crawford, or Jesse Winker. Let's be real about it. So Major League Baseball has to do something here. Has to. Has to something significant. Will they though? No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. We know how Major League Baseball operates, and we know that at the end of the day, the Mariners are probably going to end up suffering more consequences from mm-hmm. this than the Angels are, and that's disgusting. One hundred percent. 
It's and by the way, there's a stat that came out today. The Mariners have been hit by uh, pitches from AL West pitchers 27 or 29 times this season. They've hit AL West hitters five times. Mm-hmm. This isn't a Mariners issue. The behavior, the numbers, all of that support that. This is not a Mariners issue. The Mariners did not egg this on. The Mariners did not carry a beef from a week ago over from the Justin Upton situation and respond. They didn't even try to continue it after Mike Trout started talking to the media on Saturday night. They jawed back and forth with the Angels because, of course, they're going to do that. They're going to defend themselves. And, of course, Jesse Winker is going to defend himself after this. At a certain point, it just becomes too much. And after they had already dealt with this with Houston and now dealing with this with the Angels, who didn't even, like, there was no beef here. There was no beef whatsoever. That's why, Colby, you know, I messaged you after the brawl happened, and we've, you know, been pounding the table for for a brawl to happen for a long time. Honestly, after it happened, I didn't even feel fulfilled because there was no buildup to it. There was no real beef. There was no, like, I didn't have any sort of emotional investment with it. Like, had it been the Astros, like, I understand. This, this was just out, kind of just out of left field and just really the Angels just doing, doing something that really, it didn't matter who the opponent was. It just felt like they were just trying to find a problem to give themselves some sort of spark, some, some manufactured spark. And they found that they did that and they were able to win a game pretty much because of that. But it just there was no like two and two isn't equaling four here. Yeah, the uh, first of all, I'm still happy because it's it's team brawl and it was against my least favorite team in all sports. Um, I hate the Angels. I think that's been well established. And this is more reason to hate them, which is I didn't need, but I appreciate. So, <laughs> um, so first of all, I'm still okay with it. Uh, the, like I said, the unfortunate thing is that Jesse Winker and, and JP Crawford are probably going to suffer the biggest suspensions. Um, both are going to hurt the Mariners quite a bit. Um, Major League Baseball is pretty much going to give the Angels a pass, uh, you know, because really your manager being suspended for even 20 games doesn't do anything. Like, you're fine. Uh, you can survive without your manager for a week. It doesn't matter. It's not like they're losing Mike Trout. It's not like they're losing Shohei Otani or anything like that. But uh, if I'm Major League Baseball, not only am I coming down on the Angels clubhouse, uh, Iglesias is getting, you know, five, six, seven games, and he's a reliever, so that's potentially two or three outings from him. Um, By the way, what kind of weirdo behavior was that? Like, even his teammates were not cool with that. (laughs) Like, they were even... Well, that, that is the fakest tough guy, like, I'm yeah. very secure about my masculinity. Let me go throw this bag of sunflower seeds near the direction of the opposing team after the fight is over. Like, ooh, wow, you're really tough, Rizel. Yeah. Uh, that's the guy the Angels gave $60 million to. Um, so, yeah, but uh, if I'm Major League Baseball, I'm not only coming down hard on the Angels, uh, I'm coming down hard on the umpire crew, who after yes. the game had the nerve to say, well, we couldn't really have seen that coming when everybody and their mother knew what happened and why it had happened. Uh, you could, you should suspend the umpire crew. Nothing's going to happen to them, by the way. And I would also suspend the angels or, or not suspend. I would also punish the angels organization um, because there's no way the front office didn't know that this is what Phil Nevin was going to do. You think Phil Nevin just decided to insert uh, an opener and the front office is like, Oh, well we don't need to know why. No, that didn't happen. So if I'm major league baseball, uh, if I'm Major League Baseball, Nevin's getting at least 10. I would probably do 20, 25, but it really doesn't matter. He's a manager. 
Uh, Glacius is getting at least a week. Um, I'm suspending Rendon 10 games retroactive to his return off the IL. Yeah. Um, and then I'm still, I'm obviously I'm still handing out probably one or two games for Winker. I'm still handing out probably three or four for, for JP. Cause you can't jump over the top of a pile and start throwing punches. Um, so, I mean, yeah, some Mariners deserve to have a suspension. That's fine. Julio doesn't, um, as far as I can tell, I haven't, I've, I've checked the video as much as I can. Uh, Major League Baseball is going to have every single angle available for it. So, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying the Mariners shouldn't get in trouble for any of this. Winker probably deserves a suspension. You understand why he did what he did, but it's still, I mean, you know, it's it's a suspension. He pushed back past a couple umpires. Uh, uh-huh. JP's probably going to get hit with the longest suspension because uh, he legitimately threw punches over the top of the pile. So, um, but yeah, the Angels to me, I if I'm Major League Baseball, the Angels are are losing a draft pick or they're losing slot money or they're losing something because this is very intentional and it's very, it's a very dangerous precedent to set mm-hmm. that a team can incite a brawl to win a game and then suffer zero consequence long-term. So yeah. what do I think is going to happen? Nothing. The Mariners yeah. will get hit the hardest. The angels will get a slap on the wrist and the umpires will not even get fined. Well, and the, the umpires are, are really the ones who are most at fault here because mm-hmm. this could have been controlled, honestly, Saturday night when, when yep. all of this was going on. And they should have been more than aware of what was going on heading into the ballpark. And I mean, even Jim even Jim Mueller mentioned on Twitter yesterday that fans were talking about it. People, you know, people working at the ballpark were talking about it, that it just felt like this was going to happen. And it did. Surprise, surprise. You know, it, it's right. just... Nothing and, was put in place here. As soon as they threw at Julio, it should have been done. That should have been a wrap. Wants should have been out of there. They should have ejected Wants. They should have ejected Nevin right away. And then you issue the warnings. I don't have yeah. it because you don't want the Mariners to retaliate. By the way, the Mariners have never retaliated. Yeah. They didn't retaliate against the Astros. They didn't retaliate yesterday. They don't retaliate. Okay. Yeah. So to sit here and try and paint the Mariners as the villains of this, which I know Angel fans have to do because they know deep down that their franchise is despicable. And what they did was borderline cheating. They know, uh, but they can't admit it to themselves. So, uh, yeah. And by the way, just I know we got a wrap here, but when the umpire says he didn't think that that was going to happen, he's lying. Or he mm-hmm. didn't know about the beef from last night, he's lying. Umpires get uh, they get briefed on on certain issues that might arise from night, nights before. They knew. They were well aware. Somebody from Major League Baseball told them. Somebody from the teams told them. Somebody from the umpires union told them. They knew. So when they say, oh, well, we didn't know about any of the stuff that happened last night. Yes, they did. It happened right in front of their eyes. Mm-hmm. And even if they did miss it, they were told about it. So mm-hmm. that's a lie. Just just remember that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we're going to be talking about the ramifications of all of this. You know, we're going to be talking about, you know, what do the Mariners uh, do now that they're probably going to be without Jesse Winker, J.P. Crawford, maybe even Julio Rodriguez for some period of time that we don't know yet. Uh, and more in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I just don't have the time to research every single amazing thing that's going to make my body feel great. And I'm sure neither do you. So what is Athletic Greens? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blade of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. And it only costs you less than $3 per day. So you're investing in your health. It's cheaper 
cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle friendly as well, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And for every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry, right here in the U.S. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This episode of Locked On Mariners is also brought to you by Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as them with the modern convenience of online shopping at bluenile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as setting style and Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft their perfect engagement ring and each ring will be a one of a kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Mariners listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement jewelry as well. Use promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N plus every order is insured, ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your favorite piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. You're listening to Locked On Mariners Podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. We greatly appreciate your support. So where do the Mariners go from here? Um, Basically, we expect that some suspensions are going to be handed down at some point today before the Mariners kick off their three-game set with the Orioles at T-Mobile Park. I just don't know when that's going to happen, but we also expect that any player uh, or anyone that gets suspended for that matter on the Mariners side is going to appeal that suspension, which means that they will be eligible to play until a suspension is eventually finalized. So we'll see when that actually happens, how that plays out. But it is interesting that down in AAA Tacoma last night, Jared Kelnick was not in the lineup. He had played six straight games before that after dealing with a hamstring issue. Seems like he's fully recovered from that, and he's been playing pretty well down in Tacoma. He's also cut down the strikeouts a lot. He's only striking out 21% of the time in the month of June. That's over 18 games. It's still a small sample size, but he has definitely made some progress. And it's pretty clear when you watch videos of him that he's made some uh, sort of change as well with his approach and his setup. So uh, there, there is progress there. So what do you think about the possibility of calling up Kelnick if they need him to uh, play a couple days in, in, in uh, uh, Winker's absence? Um, you know, it's, it's, it starts with the Mariners not having a ton of options, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you know, they, there's only two hitters in the minors right now who are on the 40-man roster who are healthy. Um, and that would be, well, I guess there's three, but you're not calling out Alberto Rodriguez, who's an, who's an yeah. A-ball, high A right now, kind of struggling. So you're not going to do that. So it, it's either Kelnick or Haggerty, and you're probably going to have to call up both because JP is also going to catch a suspension um, and maybe more. Who knows? what they, they seem to have a vendetta against Julio for some reason. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's probably out of necessity. They're going to have to do something like that. Um, you know, they, they did, uh, they did add Carlos Santana. So, I mean, that's, that, that takes up one offensive spot, I guess, but, uh, no, it's just, it's one of those things where it's probably going to have to happen. Um, and I, it's okay. You know, it's tough for the to blame the Mariners for calling him up because they really don't have any other options. I guess they could put, Marcus Wilson on the 40 man and, and 
DFA somebody. Uh, but uh, it just actually they still they still don't have to DFA anyone. They can still transfer Murphy to the forty man. And they, well, they also oh, still the have an day. open spot. Be, or sorry, yeah, transfer him to the forty man. Transfer him to the sixty day IL, yeah. and then they they still have a open spot on the 40 man as well because they traded Wyatt Mills right. with the, well, that, the, that got and, taken by Santana. Yeah. So, so they, so they still are at 39 though right now. Okay. So yeah, but then do you want to add somebody to the 40 man for three days and then probably have to DFA them when you make another move? Mm. No, I don't know. So it feels like Kelnick is the play here. And if it's for a day or two or however long Winker suspension is fine. Um, but he needs to go right back down because he's still not at a place where he's giving you better at bats uh, than Taylor Trammell. He's still not at a place mm-hmm. where he's going to give you better at bats than uh, Jesse Winker, who had a very nice road trip. Um, he's obviously not better than Julio right now. I mean, is he better than Justin Upton? Yeah, but come on. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it, it's just one of those things where um, they kind of don't have a choice. So he's, I would suspect he's up whenever the suspensions get finalized. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily what yesterday was about. I think that was more just a day off. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But I, I would still say yesterday was more about the day off because, like you said, we don't even know if suspensions are going to be handed down today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's expected that, I mean, they're going to appeal. They they always appeal. Uh, mm-hmm. So I suppose it's possible that Winker just, if it's like a one-game suspension, Winker just, okay, fine, whatever. Um, but, yeah, if, if Jesse gets suspended for – two or three games, then you probably have to call up Kelnick. Yeah. And I mean, we'll, we'll see. Cause also it, it remains to be seen if, if Crawford and Winker are going to have to serve their suspensions at the same time. Cause I mean, if, if they do it at different times then you could just see a path here where it would just be Sam Haggerty fills those spots right. um, as the suspensions happen. And, you know, Haggerty could play left field or, you know, he could play shortstop or, you know, Dylan Moore could play shortstop or, or what have you uh, in place of, of both of those guys. So um, there is a, it, there certainly is a possibility here where, where Kelnick doesn't get called up at all. Um, and, and certainly the, the arrival of Carlos Santana helps with that a little bit as well. Um, but it would be interesting to see Kelnick because again, there have been some pretty clear changes made in his approach. Mm. We'll see if you know he's able to sustain that. It's a small sample size still, but maybe there's a benefit in seeing him up close in Seattle, just seeing what progress he has truly made. If it's only going to be for a couple of days, right? There's no harm in doing that. It's not going to completely derail his his development, and you're not using a minor league option or anything. He's already used his minor league option for the season, so you can send him up and down as much as you want for the rest of the year. Um, so I just, I don't really see like, uh, a a negative to this. Um, I don't know if I really see a positive either. I think it's more just a matter of you, you might just need the bodies and Kelnick is the easiest way to get a body on the, on the roster right now because he's on the 40 man. Um, but I don't know, maybe, maybe there is something that, that has changed there and they see that and maybe, you know, they feel, hey, he gives us more than Justin Upton does right now. Let's just keep him and, you know, ways with Upton at that point. Who knows? Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it all works out. And again, we might not have clarity on this for a couple days, you know, because, you know, like we said in the first segment, there's a lot to go through here. There's a lot for Major League Baseball to go through here. And if 
in the very small, small, small percentage chance that they actually are going to do the right thing, it might take them a little bit of time to sift through all of this and, and figure out how they're going to dole out all these suspensions. And so we might not know until tomorrow uh, what that's all, all going to look like. But I would still assume for now that we're going to see suspensions tonight uh, before the game. And then at that point, the Mariners are going to have to respond in, in some sort of way. And maybe that's with Kelnick. Maybe that's, uh, you know, they, they just, uh, they, they, you know, they fight the suspensions and, and are able to push that at least a week out or, or a few days out. And we just worry about it later on down the road. But it does seem like there is a growing possibility here that we might see Jared Kelnick um, and Sam Haggerty here in the, in the coming days. So we'll see how that, how that goes. Uh, we're going to be talking about Carlos Santana who's the uh, newest Mariner in just a moment, but real quick, a reminder this episode of locked on Mariners is brought to you by bet online. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and major league baseball and bet online is your, your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores and betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts. So the Mariners have acquired first baseman slash designated hitter Carlos Santana and Cash. Don't know how much it is from the Kansas City Royals for right-handed pitchers Wyatt Mills and William Fleming. And Colby, I I didn't really like the steal when I first saw it. Um, I, uh, I I like Fleming as as you know we've talked about Fleming a little bit on here six six has a nice breaking ball there's some stuff to like there he is however 23 years old he's still in low A Modesto so that should be taken into account here there is a very real possibility that he is just nothing at the end of the day uh, and Wyatt Mills is you know Colby I not a believer in whatsoever so I I don't really feel anything about that I really don't have an issue with the return necessarily it's the circumstance in which this deal was made from the Mariners that from the Mariners side of things that I have a little bit of hesitation with you're 34 and and 40 the playoffs still seem like a very much distant possibility for you right now you want to compete and I and hey you know I I applaud the Mariners for for making some sort of move that makes their major league roster better despite the struggles that they've had this season I think that should be mentioned here that said though this is a rental, an aging rental at that. He's 36 years old. He's a first base DH type, and he's not really hitting for power right now. He's slashing 216, 349, 341 with four home runs, 21 RBI. He is walking a lot. He's walking 17% of the time and just striking out 13.2% of the time. So that is interesting. That is helpful. He gets on base, and he hits lefties pretty well as well. So that's good. He's a switch hitter, of course. Um, but a lot of his numbers, when you really dive into it, from this season are boosted by the month of June. He's had an incredible month of June. He has a 198 WRC plus this month. Outside of this month, however, he's been bad. He's been really bad. And that coincides with the last two years for Santana as well. He's been really bad over the last two years as well. So uh, there's a very real chance here that the Mariners get absolutely nothing out of Santana and they trade an interesting prospect in Fleming for him, someone that is widely considered or was widely considered to be one of the 30 best prospects in the Mariners system this year. Um, And, you know, really you, you look at Santana, you look at the track record over the last couple of years, 
he could bottom out. He could very well bottom out. There really is no floor, and there really like you look at his numbers right now, very similar to what Jesse Winker has done this season. Like the numbers across mm-hmm. the board are very similar to Winker's numbers. The problem is he doesn't have anywhere close to the upside that Winker has. So, but he has a significantly lower floor. Honestly, the floor isn't even existent. Like the the floor is basically rock bottom. Um, it's just a bottomless pit, more or less. And so, I don't know. The, the, the it just seems like a weird risk for the Mariners to take right now, even though that the the cost of it isn't incredible. Had they done this with a winning percent, you know, with a winning percentage above five hundred, I wouldn't even bat an eye, quite frankly. But Given what they got uh, with where they are right now, the fact that he's a rental and he may or may not give you something, I just I don't necessarily get it. I'm very much on the fence about this deal. How do you feel? Yeah, uh, initially wasn't a huge fan. Uh, did a little closer look at Carlos Santana. The numbers June has been fantastic. He's a switch hitter who's hit righty or hit, who has hit lefties well all year. Um, which you know the Mariners have struggled against. They don't they don't have you know lefty ki- lefty killers in their lineup. Um, Will Fleming is a guy that the Mariners they'll draft another Will Fleming this year. Um, you know you, you feel good about the Mariners when they when they target a pitcher that they like him. They're going to turn him into something. So uh, I, I I agree with you. I think the the timing in terms of where the Mariners sit right now in the standings. Uh, makes it a little weird, and and because he's a rental, that also makes it a little weird. But I think it also probably points to how expensive other rentals are going to be, like Trey Mancini and and you know Josh Bell. Because um, I honestly I feel like Will Fleming and and maybe not Wyatt Mills, maybe somebody like I don't know uh, George Feliz or or Jonathan Classe or something like that. It's probably what it would have cost you to go get Josh Bell, um, who's who's better than than Carlos Santana. So. It's it's rental bats are going to be crazy expensive, uh, and if rental bats are going to be expensive this summer, imagine what controlled bats are going to be. Um, it also, you know, the Mariners also did jump the trade deadline by five weeks, so that does add some uh, cost to acquire a player like Santana. Um, I guess I would say performance wise, though, uh, there are some good uh, indicators here that um, it's been a lot of bad luck uh, in, in April and May. Um, because like you said, it's very similar to Jesse Winker. You, you know, 92nd percentile in K percentage, 99th percentile in walk percentage, 82nd percentile in whiff percentage, 99th in chase rate, uh, 73rd in average exit velo, 77th in max, 61st in hard hit, uh, 81st in XWOBA, uh, 55th in X batting average, and 57th in X slug. Uh, he's been worth plus two defensive runs saved at first base this year, which is basically he's been, he's been as good as Ty France, give or take. Outs above average metric, not a big fan of his. So we'll see. We know how hard it is to judge first baseman uh, using metrics. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, overall, he's probably at least still an average first baseman. Um, he's a guy who uh, can DH. He still fits even when uh, even when slash if Ty France returns. Uh, and if hypothetically France returns and, and Hanniger returns and you necessitate putting Santana on the bench and maybe just kind of platooning him uh, as a against against righties uh, or against lefties, then then so be it. I mean, Will Fleming is a nice piece. He's not an irreplaceable piece. Uh, mm-hmm. The timing is just a little weird for a rental and, and not not even a rental that you say you feel like great about. Um, mm-hmm. So, 
we'll see that the, the cash they save really doesn't mean anything to us. It, it's, it's irrelevant. Um, White Mills, the organization clearly had given up on. So that's, that's really nothing uh, to worry about uh, per se. It doesn't mean he won't do something for Kansas city, but you know, we talked about this in the past, like when the Mariners are good, they're going to make deals like this, that they're absolutely going to lose on paper. And we've used the Kendall Graveman for Abraham Toro uh, trade. The, the Astros absolutely lost that trade. Regardless of how poorly Toro's playing right now, the Astros lost that trade. When you just get the end of it, Abraham Toro will give the Mariners more value than Kendall Graveman gave the Astros. But it doesn't matter because they're winning or they're trying to win. And those are the type of deals you have to make when you're trying to win. So I guess that you could spin it as that. That's a good thing that they still think they can win and they're willing to pay a little bit extra, even though they're six games under 500. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can go. Like, oh, is, is Kyle Lewis not expected to come back anytime soon? Is Ty France's injury worse than we think? Uh, mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I, I still I would give this trade like a C plus, B minus. Um, it's not a great trade by any stretch, but the Mariners got better today. The Mariners may have added their leadoff hitter. And there's a small chance that, well, he's probably not going to hit what is 355 like he is this month. There's a decent chance that he is still an above average hitter. And if that's the case, then uh, you're feeling okay because he is, he has been that an above average hitter who draws a lot of walks and doesn't strike out. He's been that for pretty much his entire career. And and the thing too, is you could probably trade him again in about a month or so and probably get something similar to what you gave away. So pretty close probably. Yeah. I don't think that's really like crazily out of, out, out of the you know picture here. So, you know, it's a uh, it's an interesting deal. It's it's you know something that look the Mariners needed to do something, and yeah. Carlos Santana, no matter how you slice it, is essentially better than half of the Mariners lineup, and that <laughs> you know is is uh, that says more about the Mariners than than Santana. But um, <laughs> it's it's true, you know. Again, no matter how Adlo, you slice it, Alice, Moore, yeah. Trends, like like the Toro. Mariners got better today. The Mariners yeah. major league roster got better today i would even say significantly considering who santana is essentially replacing so probably taking that bats away from kevin padlow and justin upton yeah so much better. i mean yeah that that's that's great uh so that to me i i would give the mariners a pretty strong grade on this still it's just the timing of it is weird to me um i think the trade overall had this had the circumstances been a little bit different for the mariners they'd you know them being in more of a winning situation or a more favorable situation to win it would make a little more sense to me but still just looking at it the more that i talk about it the more i like it and um, we'll see how it plays out for the mariners but there is certainly some risk that comes along with it as well and uh, it's just one of these uh, deals that we'll just have to keep an eye on for for a while and see how it all plays out but it it helps the mariners right now and that's the most important thing and and Hopefully that that helps them survive the France absence and uh, these upcoming suspensions a little bit uh, better than they would have otherwise. Uh, so tomorrow's show is going to be pretty fun. Uh, we have Sophie Dill, uh, Mariners uh, fan, who uh, I'm I'm sure a lot of our listeners has become familiar with uh, over the last 24 hours or so. Uh, they are the ones that. Uh, Ordered Jesse Wicker a pizza after he was ejected <laughs> in yesterday's ball game, and uh, we we had a fun chat about that. Uh, so that full interview, you can watch a clip from it now on our YouTube channel or on our Twitter page. But the full interview is going to be out on tomorrow's show, so look forward to that. And we'll be talking about tonight's game 
and a whole lot more on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Mariners. But that's going to do it for us on today's show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, C-A-N-E, G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.